Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And here we are. We're back with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio, episode 268. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. When diagnosed with an aggressive form of brain cancer, our guest today was given 6 to 18 months to live. That was six years ago. And joining us from Glasgow, Scotland, is Lynn Cameron, who we first interviewed three years ago. Lynn, good to talk to you again. Hi there. It's great to speak to you too as well. Lynn, for those folks who haven't listened to our original interview with you, tell us some of the issues you were facing prior to your diagnosis of brain cancer. Well, the, the only symptoms that I had was tiredness. But things are coming back to me. Looking back now, Ian, um, I did uh, experience a lot of uh, nausea. Uh, memory. Memory was really bad as well when I think back on it too. And then the next thing, the, the, well, the first time that I knew that I had a brain tumour was when I took a seizure and they then did a scan and I went through an operation and they debulked what they call a glioblastoma multiform, stage four. So for those who don't know, Lynn, what is debulking? It's a horrible word, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it's cutting out. It's, it's removing. That, that's that's the terminology they use, debulk. So where it be by laser or, or what, I don't know what, how it's removed, but they, they removed a good amount of it. And what was left was it was too dangerous to try and remove that. You know, this reminds me of, of an interview we did uh, about a month ago with a former police officer in the United States who had a f- rare form of brain cancer, and uh-huh. the doctors gave him two years to live. They said, that's, that's, all, you're gonna, that's all you're gonna have. And yeah. that was 15 years ago. Wow. So it was quite remarkable, and he's very upbeat, and he undergoes some conventional treatment now. But the fantastic thing is, he's alive 13 years after they mm. said he would be dead. Yeah. And he's alive Hopefully and kicking. Hopefully me. Hopefully me. I'll be that one day. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're still yeah. young. I noticed that you just celebrated your 51st birthday. No, that was actually my sixth birthday, five in one. <laughs> oh, I, I see. <laughs> and yeah. I was too stupid to notice. <laughs> Catch on. <laughs> oh, I'm very slow at these yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm I'm really really proud to reach fifty one, <laughs> considering that I might not have seen my forty fifth birthday. So yeah, it's a big achievement. One day, Lynn, you'll be as old as I am. (laughs) That old? (laughs) (laughs) 
I so said, then after they did the debulking, um, what did they tell you? Well, after that, I obviously had to wait a few days for the results of that. But these guys, the surgeons know exactly what they see and where it is. But obviously, you have to wait in histology results. And that's when I was told on the 27th of December that year, 2013, that I had... Uh, you know, the glioblastoma and was told that I had six to 18 months to live and that was with the treatment of chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Put the fear of God in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but, do. Um, yeah, yeah, they're very good at it. So what happened next then? So obviously uh, I, I went through the combined treatments both chemo and radio and for six weeks and then had a six-week break and then six weeks of double the dose of chemo. And But while I was doing that, I was taking hemp seed oil because my, my friend who... And my friend <laughs> who basically saved my life, um, he... What he doesn't know about this plant is nobody's business. But to give you a wee bit of a laugh, it was my school sweetheart. And oh. uh, <laughs> and we broke up, we split up because he was smoking cannabis. <laughs> 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 and then uh, years and years later, he came back and saved my life. <laughs> so okay, so he, started, yeah. he started giving you hemp seed oil. That That's not to be confused with cannabis oil. Yes. That's right, that's right. Okay, so yeah. hemp seed oil is just a nutritional supplement. Yes, yes, it was purely as a supplement, yeah. Okay. Um, but I was, I was, like most people, Corey, um, I had never smoked candle. I tried it once when I was young, and it didn't agree with me. Um, what is it they call it? A whitey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had a major yeah. one when I was young. <laughs> But um, as I say, he just, it says, look, there's people all over the planet are using this as medicine. This is medicine, real medicine. And I decided at the end of my treatment, that's when I started to take it. And that's when you started to see the improvement. What was left was reducing in size. So prior to that, it was not reducing? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it still it stayed the same as when they had did the surgery. So okay. it stayed the same, yeah. So it wasn't making any difference? No. And then you started taking cannabis oil. How did you do that? Did you do it, um, obviously you ingested it. Did you do it all orally? And how much did you take? And how many times a day were you taking it? Yeah, uh, yeah I did it orally and under the tongue, sublingual. Um, I, I introduced it just in the evenings and it was a dried, a half dried grain of rice amount that I took for the first week at night and then the following week I doubled that dose and then the following week, each continuous week I was upping the dose, upping the amount that I was taking, how many times a day I was taking it, yeah. Were you getting a good buzz? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> you know, people do say, oh, I, 
well, I'll be out singing in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I says, well, I've not done it yet. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't understand the fear now that I, I, I've did it myself. When I've had other medication, for example, the anti-seizure medication, that was horrible. The way it made you feel. I even had friends say to me, I can see a change in your personality. Because normally I'm quite easy ozy, laugh a minute, but at points I think I was getting quite aggressive with it. But not only that, I am walking, for example. Now the walking was never very good anyway, due to having what I had. But on this medication, everything in the ground was coming up to meet me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible. So, no, you don't experience anything like that with cannabis medicine. To me, it's an indica strain, that the strains of medicine that I take, nice and mellow and relaxed. Uh, what a horrible side effect, hasn't that? <laughs> really <laughs> but no I mean it's it still amazes me what this plant can do I mean I know what it's did for me but when I see what it can do for other people other illnesses it's just mind blowing it is mind blowing now did you completely clear yourself of that tumour yes and that's now I've had my 14th scan since then, since January 2016. And that's the 14th clear scan. Because yep. uh, I continue to take a maintenance dose at night. Each night I take a maintenance. How, how much are you taking, Lynn? About a grain size amount. Mm -hmm. Right, I, I dry grain, grain of rice right. size amount. Yeah. Good for you, good for you. Mm -hmm. Lynn, then, Lynn, did you experience yes. any um, negative effects as a result of chemo? Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, during, during having taken the chemo, and it was only tablet form, so God only knows how people feel when they're getting it intravenous. Um, it, that was just awful. You're constantly feeling nauseous. Appetite was totally gone. Um, but not just the chemo, the radiotherapy too. Mm -hmm. The radiotherapy, I mean, you're getting radiotherapy done to the brain. Oh my. What I've found out since, if I knew then what I know now, I would never have took any of that treatment. Mm -hmm. Do you have long-lasting side effects from it, Lynn, that you're aware of? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Short-term memory. Yeah. Still bad. Yeah, right. that's still bad. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll, I say to people often, do you think my memory is getting better or is it getting worse? I always ask people, can you see any difference? And people just say to me, no, there's, you're just the same as what you were, you know, after I took ill. That's not really changed much. Yeah. What about peripheral neuropathy? Did you end up with that? Sorry? Peripheral neuropathy, did you end up with that? What is that again, Cody? Uh, loss Numbness. Of 
num- sensation in I your did extremities. In it, yes, yes. Initially, I did. Yes, but off, that's gone. It's gone. Oh, great. Because yeah. often that can be permanent. Yeah. I don't know if that's anything to do with because it was just like tablet tablet form chemo. I, I really don't know. I don't know. Mm. But um, certainly the memory anyway, that short-term memory is quite bad. Yeah. I, I write yeah. everything down. I have that, to write everything down. Unfortunately, that's a very, very common uh, side effect. Uh, I have a friend who works in a neurologist's office, and believe it or not, she told me 80% of his patients are uh, individuals suffering from what they call chemo brain. Yeah. Wow. That's a big percentage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, all, all from the chemotherapy. But you think about it, Corey. All the toxins. It's going to take a long time for that to come out your system. Exactly, Lynn, you know, and I unfortunately run into individuals all the time, and I'm sure it's the same with you, that just seem to be under the impression that with chemotherapy and radiation, or let's just say chemo, you know, you're going to vomit and you're going to lose your hair mm-hmm. um, and you're not going to have an appetite, but they seem to think that it's a finite time and then it's all done. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, I, I keep telling people, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, your, your health is going to change as you know it for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it sounds to me like you've gotten off, you know, not to not to undermine, you know, the whole memory thing, but you've gotten off pretty easily. I mean, I, end up, I know people that have got horrific peripheral neuropathy, yeah. um, and obviously really bad chemo brain, and quite often, too, lymphedemia. And it's, uh-huh. it's just nonstop, right? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. It's awful. It's awful. I mean, I really don't understand. I do understand it. Right, why it's not being used. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand when there's so much discussion about it now, um, why people are not, you know, being absolutely disgusted at this behaviour of governments all over, still using this as treatment as well. It's, it's barbaric. Yeah. It is barbaric. Corey, you have to tell Lynn the story of, of the couple you were talking to uh, many weeks ago about the use of cannabis, and the woman says that's not a drug, and she was taking other drugs? Oh, yeah, the husband, I think it was the husband was on a myriad of uh, drugs, where it's a, a fentanyl, Oops. fentanyl, morphine, and uh, I think the other one was dilaudid. And uh, I think he had prostate, advanced prostate cancer with mets, mets to the bones. And uh, she was going to talk to him about the oil, but then they decided that they w- weren't going to do oil because he didn't want to do drugs. They didn't believe in drugs. And oh, so I said, well, what do, you, what do you think fentanyl and morphine and dilated are? Yeah, but they're real drugs. <laughs> oh, you bet, you bet they're real drugs. They're real. Yeah, they're, they're real, all right, with yeah. all their with all their side effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we uh, interviewed uh, the previous interview uh, to yours was a, a woman who first came to me at eighteen with her baby, eighteen months with neuroblastoma, and it's a wonderful story of recovery. However, 
She has learning disabilities and behavior issues as a result of the chemotherapy. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, she sort of falls under that autism umbrella now um, oh. as a direct result of the chemotherapy. And, you know, um, a lot of people aren't aware. Um, we have this whole generation now of young adults who will never lead normal lives, who require 24-hour, around-the-clock care with yeah. horrific medical conditions that are a direct result of chemotherapy and radiation that they received in childhood. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yet we're, in quotations, so successful at treating pediatric cancer. At what price? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. You know, anyway, I'll step off my bandwagon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lynn, how... I'm glad it's you, Claudia, not me. <laughs> well, I can move over for you. <laughs> you did it earlier, Lynn. You just forgot. Yeah, I did, actually. She beat me to it. She beat That's me right. to it. Lynn, how has your brain cancer changed your outlook on life? Totally. I think it's actually made me a better person. I know that sounds like an old cliche, but I really do. I've got a totally different aspect in life now. Um, sadly, so much has happened since I last spoke to you three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, two years ago, I lost my older sister. Um, and I lost a, a good friend as well and an aunt within three months. No oh dear. So that was two years ago. So for the last two years, it's been quite hard going mentally. It's been hard going. Um, and I have still, I get messages from people from all over. And I can only tell people what I've, I have did or what I still do. Um, I can't advise or and it's strange because people, they then, I, I, I don't mean they treat you like a doctor or a nurse. I don't mean it that way. But it's it's like, well, Corey, you'll understand it because I see many of your posts as well, you know. Yeah. Some, it's heartbreaking, the majority of them. And I can't answer every single message that I get. Um, and you try and guide people and say, well, do I always say do as much research as possible, hmm. look into as much support as possible, you know, the the, the, the normal things. Yeah. Some people, the, sorry. The, the ones I think that are hard, Lynn, are the ones that basically come to you saying, make me better. Uh -huh. And you tell me what, exactly what to do and, and they don't do any research for themselves. They're not taking responsibility no. for their own health. Those are the ones I find frustrating. I don't expect everybody to have the level of knowledge that I do or that you do about this, but do some basic research that's first. That's it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, how, that's the way I learned the majority of my th the things that I've, that I've came across. Yeah, um, and I, do, do you find, Lynn, that the people who take responsibility and initiative for their own health are more likely to be the survivors? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. The ones that are more in victim mode tend not to do as well. No. 
That's it, yeah. And I always say that to people, Corey. I always say you need to have a positive attitude. It might sound easy, but you need to, you can't put sitting that rolled up in a wee ball in a corner and no, give in. Absolutely. You cannot give in. No. Absolutely imperative to have a positive attitude. And, you know, if you want to do the pity party, have a great one and then get over it and move uh-huh. on, you yeah. know. Because that's the only way you're going to survive. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But yeah. This is this obviously it's been quite a journey. It's led to me being involved in campaigns and sitting down with the Scottish government and having meetings. Good. About, yeah. Well, about legalisation or decriminalisation. Um. But the legalisation part obviously has come in to force, but know for what they've legalised to me wouldn't be any use to man or beast and it's also getting that prescription getting these um, what they call uh, experienced consultants it's lip service it's just lip service that's it mm-hmm. Lynn, is the attitude towards cannabis in Scotland changing at all? I think it is, yeah, because there is more and more discussions about it. And that was one of the things that we'd covered at the meeting, one of the meetings at uh, Parliament, that um, education is is the first thing. So education for uh, the police, health board, unions because you think of the people for example who need this medicine but f- for fear of losing their job they don't take it because they get mm-hmm. spot checked for you know drug tests it's it's just so wrong but the, these were all things that were discussed at parliament the scottish parliament the scottish government it's hard to say if they're really totally behind it. Um, it's really quite difficult, Ian, because that's not really who you're you're fighting with. It's the powers above them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where the problem lies. Because that I just I ended up saying last year to the rest of the team in medicinal cannabis reform Scotland that. That's it. I'm taking a back seat because I feel as though we're fighting a losing battle here. Um, maybe it's a bit defeatist, but I've had enough. I've had enough. Sitting down with politicians who really are they interested? I mean, you think your national health service could gain so much if they had their own farms. No depending on, for example, buying medicine from GW. Um, No, have their own farms. Why not have the farmers involved in the growing, the cultivation? Well, that's one of the issues that we're we're dealing with in Canada too. Even though it's it's legal, Mm -hmm. some of the, um, well, the product that is produced by the licensed producers is not really as how would you say it Corey it's it's I don't want to say it's crap but it's close to that 
stop. <laughs> it's not the quality that we really deserve and require, and it's nowhere near. Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, yeah. what you're finding is here anyway in the UK, the the company, the pharmaceutical company, who have the seven farms, and they're isolating it, the plant to one compound in it. No. So they, so they can patent it. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lynn, given your brain cancer, do you th- I, I don't want this to be an insensitive question, but I'll ask it anyway. Oh, cool. Do you think of death very often? Yes. Yes. Probably not as much now. It, it, it's got it. That's one sure thing in life, isn't it? We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. But, um,. It was, it was always at the forefront of my mind. Uh, the, the thing, I never feared dying, but I feared being alone, dying. Mm-hmm. That was my big fear. Being alone. Was being alone. Uh-huh. But um, dying in general, no. But, yeah, I do think I, I'm a walking time bomb. This could come back at any time, as we know. I mean, Millicent, young Phil, Phil James. Phil James, yeah, yeah that yeah. was a tragic story. So sad, oh, so sad, so sad. I mean, was, and there's others. For those listeners who don't know about Phil James, he was a fellow we interviewed, I think, shortly after you, Lynn. That's right, And yeah. uh, he was in the UK, and he was about to get married. He got married, um, had a beautiful baby girl. And then his cancer came back, and he was hospitalized. And I think, I may be incorrect in this, but didn't they refuse to allow any cannabis in the hospital? They would have, yes. They would have. That was the understanding, Ian, was that he couldn't get it. I remember seeing a couple of posts that he had put up. Uh Yeah, and he died. He died in his early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Days before his 34th birthday, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I also had a mini stroke as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's, it's so, so sad. So sad. I really didn't. I thought Phil would be, would have got through it all. But he never. He's, he's got his wings now. Yeah, he's in a better place. Yeah, yeah. Well, more so the way things are now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Lynn, if you could give a message to those facing a serious health issue, what would you tell them? I would say do as much research, first of all, and do as many natural remedies as possible hit it with everything you can hit it with I mean another great guy was James McCraw and James did it with garlic Mm. yeah that's a guy that you should maybe get in touch with Ian yeah Um, with garlic he must have been living alone yeah I think so I think so think so but um, <laughs> yeah I would I would just say just give it everything you can give it 
fight it the best you can fight it and keep positive. I mean, what else can you say to people? Not much, really. No, no. No, I think what Corey mentioned earlier is that people have to start taking their own health in, into their own hands and quit, quit expecting someone else to do it for them. Yeah, quick fix. Yeah. Yeah. Our society is, is too much into the quick fix. Yeah, and, and spoon-fed. Spoon-fed, that's right. And as you know, over the last number of years, um, you've become extremely knowledgeable in this area. And uh-huh. um, as a result of it, you are healthy. Uh-huh. Should I say yeah. healthy, wealthy, and wise? Uh, healthy, no so healthy. <laughs> and wise? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Be a bit more knowledgeable. Yeah. There, yeah. That, that's it. More knowledgeable. <laughs> you know, I think you've, uh, you're on the right track, and I think you will live many, many years. If this fellow in the, in the U.S. who was supposed to be dead uh, 13 years ago can live 15 years. Uh, that's fantastic. With a, with a serious brain injury. Mm-hmm. Serious brain cancer. Um, I mean, you can do the same. Why not? Well, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. you can take many more trips to Italy. Mm. Oh, I won't be going there this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. I was actually supposed to be going away today with my brother. I was supposed to be going to Torremolinas. We go there quite often. Because it's a short flight as well, and right in the south of Spain, so the the weather is always fantastic all year round. But uh, obviously, that get cancelled mm. because somebody decided to throw a virus about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Linda's we'll not even just we'll not discuss that. Yeah, think. we won't discuss that. <laughs> no, for a later time. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lynn, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. I'm so pleased that uh, you're doing well, and you'll continue to do well, and you'll continue to take cannabis. Yes. And uh, life will roll on until you, at some point in the future, you reach my age. A ripe old age of, what's that, Ian? It's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were friends. You're a little touchy, Ian. What'd you say? You're a little touchy. A little sensitive. <laughs> yeah, it's only a number. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll say 56 again. Good for you. <laughs> you're what we say. You're what we say in Scotland. You're hanging well. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today. No, thank you. Yeah, Lynn, it was a pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Take care. And everybody else listening, take care. Take care. Yes. <laughs> bye for now. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to help other people, and if you'd like to share our podcast, feel free to do so on your social media platforms. We greatly appreciate it. And if you'd like to write a review of Cannabis Health Radio, those sorts of things always help. We want to push the numbers up on Cannabis Health Radio so we can uh, reach a respect. Well, we have 
pretty much a respectable audience right now. I think uh, we were in the low 200s on Apple iTunes, and uh, but the higher you get, the more uh, influence you have, I believe. That's always it's always the way, right, Ron? And uh, so, share our podcast, and if you'd like to help someone, it's also a great pleasure. I mean, it really is a pleasure when you help other people overcome health issues. Do so by sharing Cannabis Health Radio. And once again, we'll be back next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.